0: Well, welcome to a very special edition of Hughes from the Heart, the Spencer Hughes Positivity Podcast. I've been so excited for this interview. Uh It's been many, many moons in the making, and I I've just not, I'm a terrible procrastinator is what it is, and our guest has always been available, he's always been so graceful and gracious, and uh, it's one of those things that I've noticed lately in my life as I get older, that if I don't do something at the last minute, sometimes it never gets done, so I thought, you know what, it's it's getting to be evening on a Sunday, and it's a little later for him, obviously, on the East Coast, but I'm going to give my friend Dustin a Perry a call and see if he'd come on the podcast. Many of you know Dustin from television, he was on Ghost Hunters International and Ghost Hunters. He uh is definitely a paranormal rock star to say the least, and that's how I met him. I met him on the most haunted naval vessel probably in American naval history, the USS Hornet, in Alameda, which is right across from San Francisco Bay, several years back. And I was just blown away by his positivity and his take on things. I was expecting strictly a paranormal lecture, and I walked away with a new friend and a new view of life, really. And Dustin, I really, really appreciate you coming on the podcast and being with us, my friend. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well, Spencer. Very well indeed. Thank you so much, man. It's, uh, it's great to have the opportunity to speak with you this evening.
0: Well, you are such an inspiration to me. You become a mentor of mine. And before, I just thought you were some cool guy. Is a bald guy, I really respect your hair. Props to the hair. Respect for the hair. <laughs> you got the best hair in the biz, okay? Ed, you were just some cool guy chasing around shadow figures, and I had no idea of this positive kind of bent to your whole personality and everything, and your motivational stuff, and your positivity, and your lectures, Did was that always a part of Dustin Perry, or was that just a side we didn't see through Ghost Hunters all those years, or, or what?
1: I, you know, I think it was always beneath the surface, man, you know, and I, like everybody else you go through those stages, you know, as you grow and you learn, you're trying to find your way through life, you know, and... Uh, I remember in high school you know i had the I had the long hair and i just listened to heavy metal all the time and wore black all the time and didn't want to talk to anybody and just kind of did my own thing you know it's you go through your phases you go through your stages you grow you learn and um, i started to see that the world changes when you change your perspective and you change your focus. Uh, with the television shows, I was definitely more of a positive person at that point in my life, uh, but it didn't get accentuated. You know, they, they take what they take of your personality. They edit it to make a television show. They do a good job of it. They market it. They sell it. You get a paycheck. Everyone goes home happy. Um, but what it did for me was it gave me that platform. And, and I'm really appreciative of what you said, uh, Spencer, about our first meeting out there on The Hornet. And that always means the most to me. When people come up to me after one of these Events or after one of these lectures, and they're like, you know, I came for a ghost story. I wasn't expecting to hear things I really needed. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we're not aware of that that change of perspective that we need, or that uplifting, you know, moment or idea that really kind of puts us on a different path. And uh, I've been very thankful to have been uh, in that position where I've been able to help out some people like that. And uh, it's it's kind of nice to catch people by surprise. You know, they think you're a one trick pony, you're just going to tell them another ghost story, but uh, it really means more to me to help people with uh, our human existence since we're we're all here going through
0: it. No, absolutely. We need positivity more than ever. Uh, One quick little thing back to your kind of childhood. It's cool that we have this in common too. My father was a truck driver, and uh, my mom Uh was a housewife quote-unquote, before that became a politically incorrect term, I guess. But um, I was an only child growing up, and mom was at home most of the time. She ended up taking a job at my grammar school so that she was... I saw her every day at school too, which is kind of cool. And my father drove for UPS for like 40 years. But I I like uh, kind of your blue-collar roots, and you are still in Rhode Island, correct? Is that where your home base is?
1: Yeah, born and raised here, and yeah, same thing, man. Dad was a trucker, and Mom stayed at home, and uh, that's where we came from. And uh, I always say I want to leave New England and get out of here at some point, but... Uh, you know, forty-three years later, now we're still here. So <laughs> I'm not sure what the future holds, man. But uh, I embrace it as it comes. But uh, yeah, and you know, I still I still work every day. I work in healthcare by day, and I still do the paranormal stuff. Um, you know, obviously with the, with the COVID and such, you know, we're not doing a lot of investigations and things like we used to. Um, but um, still stay active in the field and do what I do and uh, thankful to to still be employed and, and and get through it
0: all you know absolutely well as you know thank goodness ghosts cannot transmit or get covid 19 so that's good so you're ghost hunting as long as you're socially distanced from the other human beings. There's no danger
1: there, <laughs> right? You're you're doing okay. Yeah. You are doing all right, and yeah. it makes it a lot easier though, because some of some of the ghosts are very uh, very uh, thoughtful, and you'll see just the mask covering in the hallway. You're like, oh, there's <laughs> one. He's right over
0: there. You know, yeah, They must be easier, easier to find, to find them. them. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, by far. Oh man. So you one a big thing that I realized from that hornet uh, visit with you was that, and I thought that was so cool. You were I've met a lot of people in ghost hunting, and I'm just kind of a, an amateur who ended up living for, I think, seven or eight years in a very, very haunted house in Northern California. And that really opened my eyes to the whole paranormal stuff. And uh, that's where I learned that you were kind of touring not just New England, but all over the place with these kind of positivity-based lectures you would give and motivational stuff. I really appreciate your posts on Twitter for like the suicide hotline and letting people know that there's always... uh, There's always help out there. You just have to find it. But there's always somebody out there who loves you and who you mean something to. And things are never as bleak as they may seem to you. And that really struck a nerve with me. How has that been affected with COVID? I mean, all these kind of tours you were doing. I know for a while, man, you were booked and probably still are, I'm sure, when this is all over for like months and months ahead of time what happened right around late march and april and and how has rhode island been affected by the way i've just been focused on kind of the pacific northwest where i am now but how hard hit has rhode island been and what are some of the restrictions that have maybe impaired your ability to do this stuff
1: yeah well you know we're i don't know i think the last time i checked two days ago we were still like around three percent for for our rate which is still relatively low but now I guess the numbers spiked in such a way where they don't want us traveling here or there um, unless you, you know, are working. And so New England is so small, Rhode Island's only 45 minutes wide, you know, at, at some point. So um, a lot of us work outside of state. And so, you know, I work in healthcare. I have an office that I work at, Island and in Massachusetts, so I have to go back and forth. Um, and, um, you know, so it, it is what it is, um, but, uh, you know, these events, like you travel all over doing this stuff. So this year it really fell apart quickly. and um, you know, just you have to learn to adapt. You know, life is about finding ways to adapt to your new environment and going forward. And if, you, if you're if you not resilient, if you can't adapt, it becomes very difficult. And this is in all aspects of our life. This has nothing, you know, specific to do with COVID or anything else. Like, you know, loss of a loved one, loss of a job. You have to move, divorce, whatever it is. None of these things in life are easy. Change is one of the most difficult things that, that we as humans have to go through. And the ability to do that, how you cope with it, the mechanisms you have, the people that you have, your network to support you when you go through this makes a big difference. And I think one of the biggest problems we have now is you know we had everyone locked up for so long. Um, and, you know, the, the economy, this and that people losing jobs, people unemployed, that political unrest, um, you know, people, the unfortunate um, situation with, with everyone out, you know, with the protests and the riots and then the horrible murder of people. We've kind of like ignited like a powder keg, you know, and, uh, I think that changes happen so um, forcibly and rapidly that many people are just flipping up. You know, and I went to the gym the other day, and I'm thankful that we have a gym that opened up because for me, exercise is so important, and finding a way to to uh, to get some of those emotions worked out, and to get that endorphin release, and to keep yourself physically healthy. Um, and in Rhode Island, we have a gym that we can go to over here. There's you know a bunch of them, but the one I go to, you go, you put your mask on, you go inside, you go to your workout area, clean things up, you can can you know do that stuff there. But as I pulled in the other day, there was a a woman um, in a truck couple of spots over for me, just screaming, just absolutely screaming and like nobody. There was no like phone screaming, was like yelling. agitated or
0: for help or what just was like,
1: yeah, just looked like, look like just blown a fuse, just flipping out and yelling, you know? So and like you want to like approach and try to be helpful, you know, like just kind of signal like you're okay, you know? Um, and you know they 're fine, but they just I think people are just getting to that boiling point you know, and um, you know sitting in traffic, you see people flipping out and beeping the horn and yelling and flipping out like it 's just like everyone 's kind of at that boiling point right now, and I think that it 's important for us to to take a sta- a step back and and to not react so quickly to everything you know I think and one of the things i 've been talking about a lot lately is thinking for yourself. And being aware of painting with broad strokes, because I think it's very easy. You know, the political divide. I, I, I'm, you know, I understand the importance of politics and stuff. But I, I in my personal life and and um in such, I, I don't really get involved in a lot of political talk and things. But I, I look at it and I see that people just paint with the broad stroke. If you're a Republican, you're like this. If you're a Democrat, you're like that. It's like, in all my years, I've never seen one politician. In, in any camp, uh, in local government or national government, where I was like, this is my guy, this is my lady, I'm 100% on board with everything they say or do. Like, it's never like that. So to look at anybody who supports one party or another, or one candidate or another, and think they're completely in line with everything that you like or dislike about that candidate, I think that, like, we're, we're so quick to react. You know, we're all race cars in the red, we're about to blow our engine, and we just, we're triggered, triggered, triggered all the time, and it's like, slow down. Let's, let's humanize each other, don't demonize each other. Sit and talk and see what where's our common ground, you know, because there is some. And I, yeah, there's a, there's a time to, to rise up and there's a time to, to get notoriety and there's a time to, to really have to, to, to make some, some big moves to get the attention that you need for your movement. But I think that at the end of the day, we need civility. That's what separates us from, from the other animals of the planet, is that we can be civil with each other and we can be thoughtful and we can talk but there's no talking anymore it's just screaming you know even the politicians it's just screaming and yelling and whoever's louder even if they're not right it seems that way and, and it shouldn't be that way and the whole cancel culture and social media it's like just because you get a bunch of people to retweet or, or to, to jump on and pile on somebody doesn't mean that you're right either you know like and I think that people we don't give each other any time anymore it's it's just right or wrong and this is it you know and I don't know man so it, it's, it's tough but you know but you adapt, you adapt and you find ways and so for me, what I do uh, with my motivational work and even like you said, my paranormal work, even if you catch a paranormal lecture, you're you're going to find things in there that are, are motivational because I always say it comes down to the fact that we're all spirits going through a human experience and regardless of whatever religion you may or may not subscribe to whatever deity you want to believe in or not we're all spirits going through this human existence and I think one of the problems we have, that void that we feel inside is because we're not from here and we don't stay here, but while we're here, we should be working with each other, we should be helping each other to grow, we should be looking for opportunities to learn from one another, instead of fighting about our differences, we should be admiring like, God's fingerprints upon us, what makes us all individual, what makes us all unique. And um, you know, for me, it's important to be out there doing what I like to do, and I miss being on the road and being with my friends and, and people that become like family, you know, that you meet and you travel sure. with and you see um, week in and week out. And now it's a virtual world. I was like, well, I'm not going to give up because I still feel like, you know, the message is important, and, yeah, there's still a bottom line, you know, there's finances and stuff that come with it. Um, as much as I would love to be a great philanthropist, like I still have to pay the mortgage, you know? So, <laughs> sure, sure. Sure. Um, but, you know, so we, we bought a laptop stand, we get some lights, and now it's all Zoom lectures, you know. And uh, thankfully, um, you know, I, I spend a lot of time working health care all day. I come home at night, and I email library after library across the country. I pick a state, and I go through every email for every library I can find, and I send them, a, you know, a, a proposal to do a program. And um, I'm thankful to say we got 36 currently scheduled between now and the end of the year. Wow, so between- that's
0: fantastic
1: motivational stuff and yeah man, we're going to be busy we have motivational programs and paranormal programs and christmas programs and, and more to come so I'm, I'm excited about it i'm learning i'm adapting i'm doing what i got to do because i feel like what i do is important on, on several different levels
0: you seem to me to be who you present yourself to be you, you seem like a totally nice genuine guy and a great role model and I think everybody should follow you on Twitter. That's just uh, my whole thing is is people f- should follow you at Dustin Perry. On Twitter, you're uh, all over social media. You've got your website. And I just love you, brother. I'm serious. You hit you, some of my low <laughs> points. You, you bring me up. You know, just when I, 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 I try to be Mr. Positivity on my end, I do this podcast, which I'm trying to grow, and I'm struggling with that. And, and that's another thing I find interesting. Dustin, I don't know how it is out there when you're touring, but for everybody who says they want more, love and light and levity in their life there's a whole bunch of people on the doom and gloom bandwagon and I really resent the media I've been a part of for 30 years for causing a lot of this and stirring this up and there is so much distress that some of it is warranted right but a lot of it is not a lot of it is just doom and gloom fear mongering what will sell a newspaper what will sell uh, a web advertisement what will sell the 10 o'clock news and I just resent Mm -hmm. the heck out of it because there's people out there on the raw and ragged edge who feel that this is the end times. And I don't feel that. I really don't. I think we're going to get through this COVID thing. I think uh, we've gotten through things before. We've gotten through plagues before. We've gotten through viruses before. And I don't know if it's our limited memory. like We just forget that we've been through this. But I know, as I know, as I know, as I know, that we're going to get past this. And Yeah, I don't know about if we're ever gonna like wean on the masks, wean down the masks and the plastic barriers everywhere. I don't know. Maybe that's here to stay, but we are a very resilient species and we get through we've gotten through far worse. We got through Nazis, we got through World War Two, we can get through this too. I just feel it.
1: No, I, I agree, man, and uh, you know, my my background as well. I worked in radio before. I worked for uh, CBS and, and Fox News affiliates locally in Rhode Island, and um, it's the same kind of thing. I mean, the reason I got out of working in that field uh, was because of all the doom and gloom things. Like, I couldn't point the camera and, and edit packages anymore for these type of news stories, you know, and um, it just became too much, and I just, like, I wanted to... I actually... Uh, the young lady that worked at the front desk uh, she and I had, had pitched an idea to the news director called good news for good people so you'd be like a little segment like we do like positive things no nobody will watch that nobody will watch that you know and it really it really drives me crazy and I've, I've come up with some like show ideas that i thought were interesting like that we we could do in a positive way that would be like you know really uplifting stories and and um nobody wants to see the pitch nobody wants to to, to talk about it and i really realized that it does come down to the real unfortunate truth that, you know, we are just a society that is based on um, on advertising, you know, on, on buying and selling products and it's it's all about, you know, Fight Club with uh, Chuck Polinick, one of my favorite books I ever read, fantastic movie, and it's advertising has us, has us doing jobs we don't want to do, to buy things we don't need, to impress people we don't even like.
0: Yeah, and I think, I think it's that so
1: that's pretty much it for so many of us, you know. And um, when you start to look at it that way, and you're like, why do I care what you know, these other people say? And why do I feel like I need to have these designer things and all this stuff? It really is so nonsensical, you know. We're just chasing this, this nonsense all the time. And um, we live in such a disposable uh, society. You know, I remember my, my grandparents, like Italian immigrant grandparents, like cleaning out like, the, the plastic bag that the bread came in. Because we can still reuse that for something else. Like, they always found a purpose for everything, you know? And now we just throw everything away.
0: Yeah, we just throw everything away.
1: Yeah, you know, it's sad. It is. But I think, you know, to to your point in the beginning of the conversation, I I feel like people are are saying, yeah, we we want this. We want positivity. We want this. But then they, they, they... always flock to you know the negative you know like moths to a flame like it's just it reminds me of high school all over again you know like you're the nice guy you're trying to you know get a get a girlfriend and like you always seem to go for the bad boy all the time you know and it's like you know this guy's not a good guy why (laughs) do you think exactly why do you think that is you You think we're
0: wired I, i i've read different theories i hear that we're wired to worry because we had to at one point, at one point in our evolution, if we didn't worry around every corner, there could be a tiger ready to eat us. And that we never really kind of shed that internal wiring of fear and being on edge all the time of the boogeyman right. around the corner. And now we don't really have to worry about those things, but we still are wired that way. Do you believe that? I, I, I don't know that I believe it. I think... I just saw a poll I wanted to run by you here that um, it was a small poll. 89% of people think their happiness can be controlled, which I found very heartening. I didn't think it would be that high of a number. So almost 90% of people mm-hmm. think their happiness can be controlled. And of those people, 32% are happier than those who don't think that happiness can be controlled, and I thought, wow, bingo, the light went off. Of course, happiness <laughs> is in our control. I think the biggest fallacy is that we can't control our happiness. That somehow it's controlled by our spouse or by our parents or by our job right. or by you know what neighborhood we live in or what country or culture we live in. And if we just realize that we are in control of our happiness, it would change everything. I mean, wouldn't
1: it? Yeah, I I, I totally agree with that. Um, that's something that I. I personally tried to work on for many years of my life, and I dare say uh, you know we'll never master it, uh, but I've gotten better at it you know my my uncle uh who passed away last year is one of my favorite people and such an inspiration um, and he used to say the world needs a boogeyman and um and I think that you know as we grow and when we're younger, you do need that type of um, that type of uh, kind of regimen in your life you know like there needs to be repercussions for things that you do you know um, but as we get older I think that we kind of become consumed by some of these ideas and we do start to think that okay well uh, you know I'm unhappy because of this or we or tie happiness to well when I get here I'll be happy when I get to, you know, this job I'll be happy when I graduate here I'll get I'll be happy if I, if I can get affection from him or her I'll be happy if I get married if I get that house if I buy this car and then what happens it's a shiny new thing for a couple of weeks, a couple of months, maybe a year, and then we're not happy again. And you know, for me that comes back to what I touched on earlier and just filling that void that's inside of us. And I think that these material things and and the onus that we put upon other people to make us happy, that's never gonna work out you know, it has to come from within. And if you're not happy with who you are, if you don't love who you are, you're not going to be able to go out and find somebody to love you or for you to actually love fully because you're not being honest about where you are in your life, you know. And I just, I'm all about focus, you know, being a being a camera operator for many years um, with the news, like, I really pay attention to focus. And I feel like the news media does a great job of always directing us to the negative all the time, you know? And uh, I understand that you can't just, you know, turn a blind eye to things like, you know, the forest is on fire. You just can't look somewhere else and say, okay, well this is okay. We have to address the negative things for sure, but you just can't dwell upon it all the time. You know, like I tell people like, I'm going to leave social media. Good. If it makes you unhappy, that's, that's fine. But if there's something on there that you like, why not accentuate that? You know, like I went through the other day, I, I just found this out the other day on Twitter that there's you can make a, a word list of words you don't want to see. And so if a tweet has those words in really? it, it'll block it out. I didn't know yeah, that. Yeah, I was like, this is fantastic. Like, oh, my God, oh, i was so yeah. excited. Um, That's great. And I know, like, and listen, I'm no, like, you know, goody-two-shoes here, and I'm uh, as much as uh, <laughs> I'd like to, to be as, as good as I want to be in my head. Um, but I don't like... I I don't like cursing. I find it, um, you know, sometimes it can be funny, like, you know, but it's a very, it's like salt. You can just use it a little bit once in a while, you know, (laughs) because I love comedy, like Robin Williams and George Conlon, like once in a while it's funny. But like when it's every other word, it's not funny. And it's, and I find it to be very obtrusive, especially in public. It's just, it's just very off-putting to me. Like I'm out in a restaurant with my family and my friends and, you know, there's, People in the next booth, and every word is F this, F that. Yeah, like, yeah. Come on, man, you know? And, like, on Twitter, that bothers me. On Facebook, that bothers me. So now I just put all those words in a list, and now I don't have to see them anymore. So I'm just controlling my focus.
0: But you only get, like, four tweets a day, right? I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I, I, see, I see some stuff from you, <laughs> uh, you and, uh, and
1: K-Love Christian Radio, and I think there's somebody out there who sends me a picture of his cat. Everybody else is gone.
0: I didn't know you could do that because, you know, what's funny is I'm trying to unfollow things that I because I started out um, a little bit of background. I did political talk radio for like 25 years and I I would come home and as nice a guy as I may have thought, uh, thought that I was, I you can't just shake off that ag- agitation, you know. And I did a lot of those yeah, shows. It was dirty. Yeah, I did a lot of those shows from a home studio. So I didn't even have the drive home to decompress. All right. Picture my studio being in my third car garage and then I come in all ticked off from fighting with somebody on the air in the last segment. And then I come in and I try to have dinner with my family. I mean it would it would bleed over into my private yeah. life. And then finally my wife and I remember we got into an altercation and I realized, God, I am being a jerk. I, I, I remember I was commenting on an right. issue and it doesn't matter the issue but i i listened to what i was saying i listened to myself and i go oh my gosh i cannot believe this is my view and i can't believe i just went out to 2 million people and told them that was my view and all these people a lot of them patting me on the back saying yeah 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 go 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 and i'm like i'm i'm a part of the problem here i'm 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 putting right. in bad energy into this field of energy we all share and i don't want to do it anymore yeah. and i just kind of Got out of radio for a while, then I got back in, and now I do kind of a variety morning show that's totally non-confrontational, non-political. It's just interviewing local movers and shakers and talking about the news and the weather and the sports. And I'm so much happier. Yeah, I went from 2 million listeners a week to maybe 2,000 listeners a week. And I, I, I've I never been happier right. in media. It's crazy. I always thought that the big time was going to be where I'd find my happiness, and it really, really right. wasn't.
1: Yeah. No, It's uh, I, I hear you, man. It's a, We are... We are a product of our environment at some point, and if you don't have that time to decompress, if you have to deal with that type of stuff, it definitely bleeds over. It definitely sculpts who we are, um, and just you know, and I think that's one of the other things that happened with the COVID times. We've kept people at home, and everybody wants to know what's going on. So everyone's just sitting there watching the news all day, and it's just gloom and doom, gloom and doom, and like it was, and. I, again not trying to take away from the importance or, or the tragedy of it by far right. but the fact that there's a body count number in the the top right hand corner while the oh news is going on I'm like and you're just watching it go up I'm like this is like so detrimental to to us just just seeing that you know without even commenting on it just seeing that number go up and like each one of these numbers is a life each one of these numbers is somebody's dreams and hopes and like a struggle you know and it's just like It's so overpowering, you know. It really is. Again, you can't just turn a blind eye to it, but you can can look at the way you handle it, you know, and you can look at how much you take in from it, you know. And so every time that kind of stuff happens, whatever it is in your life, it doesn't have to be COVID, which hopefully, again, you know, it's not going to be here forever, but whatever that negativity is, that that person or job, whatever it is that's going on in your life, you have to find ways to work with it to work around it if it 's that bad, you have to eliminate it. But changing your focus, making sure that you are spending time doing things that you like to do, things that are uplifting things that are are good for for your for your body and for your soul you know that 's why I go for walks every night, I go yeah. to the gym every day. you know like this stuff is important for me to feel better. And um, because you can't just go it alone, man. You know, you, you really can't. We're, as much as I'd like my alone time, we're social creatures. So you also have to make sure that you've got some people in your camp that are of like mind. You know, we don't all need to to, to sing from the same hymnal and all drink the Kool-Aid together, but we need to, to have people that are positive, that are uplifting, and it's good to have people that'll challenge your thought process so that we can grow. Um, but don't have people that are just going to be argumentative and, and get you upset and get you irate and make you angry. Like th- th- Those kind of things need to be avoided. And those people that are out there stoking that up all the time, that's something that they really need to work through. And um, the ones that get their, their, their kicks off it, you know, like you see some of their comments and you hear some of the things people say yeah. and you can see the way they treat others, it's just it's just really sad comment on our society to see that this is still going on and that um, we've kind of... Fed this monster. We fed this boogeyman um, with the first half of this year, and it seems to be getting worse. And we really need to find ways to diffuse that. And you know, I know I was born too late for the hippie generation,
0: but I feel <laughs> like
1: somehow it trickled into me because I still believe in love. I still believe in the power of love and uplifting one another and looking out for one another and just being kind to each other. And you know, I don't see um, kindness as weakness. I think it really takes great strength. To, to hug the monster, one of my favorite stories and one of my lectures is about uh, Punky Brewster, the old Punky Brewster oh, I remember TV that show. show. Yep. There was an episode, The Perils of Punky, where kids were going missing and stuff, and there's, an, there's a part where there's a monster it seems like it was in a sewer type setting and the monster's like angry and whatever, and she, every time you hate the monster, the monster gets stronger. And the only way to beat the monster is to hug it and to love it. And I kind of feel like that's what we need to do now. You know, we need to hug the monster. We need to embrace what's going on and diffuse it with love and and spend time talking to people. And it's not easy because people on on both sides of all these these different skirmishes don't want to sit down and talk. I think there's some that do, but who gets the limelight? The people that are screaming, the people that are looting, the people that are burning things down, the people that are fighting... We don't point the camera at the people that are having conversation. And honestly, I blame reality TV a lot for this. I mean, obviously not as good people on the ghost shows. But (laughs) reality TV, if anything, it's taught us if you're making a scene, if you're doing something obnoxious, if you're being outrageous, if you're being ridiculous, if you're half naked, you'll get the camera time. You will be the popular one. You're the one people are going to talk about. And what do we want? Not a lot of people are like you, Spencer, that say, you know what? I'm happy with the 2,000 people listening to my show because I'm putting on a better show and I'm enjoying what I'm doing and I'm living a better life. More people will be like, you know what I want? I want 20,000 listeners. I want 200,000 listeners. I want all that goes along with that. But we don't realize that we're selling our soul for that, you know? And I'd much rather have people that are willing to take the spotlight off you and do what's right and work together toward a better and positive environment. And for everybody, because there's, none of us are superior to each other. Regardless of what history wants you to believe, regardless of what people in, in today's current times want you to believe, every one of us is the same. We're all just out here doing our best, regardless of of socioeconomic status, regardless of color, of race, of creed, of sexual orientation, any of that stuff. You strip it all away. We're all just spirits going through a human experience, pretty much getting our ass kicked on a daily basis by life. And we really should work together to get further instead of working against each other. And until we find a way to do that, we're not going to advance. And we really need to just stop fighting with each other sit down and talk and and, and move forward together
0: oh man god bless you for that that's it's perfectly said and i i've been watching like a lot of history shows and a lot of things and i look i look back at it differently now where i look at things where these two cultures came upon a tree right and then the one culture says that's our Mm -hmm. tree and the other culture says no it's our tree you know we live here and this is our tree And, and next thing you know they're They're all dead on the ground, or most of them wiped out over a fight over the darn tree that didn't really belong to anybody. You know what I mean? I mean, it's so weird to think of all these conflicts. I I watch history because I... I was watching this one on like feudal Japan or something and all the armor and all the samurais and I'm like this is all I mean you know, we're two dudes here but this is really a lot of the calamities of the world came from testosterone poisoning I hate to say it but it's just like these guys getting hot-headed <laughs> no. over you know that that, yeah. you know that that woman belongs to me and this country belongs to me too and I'm going to take them both back and if I have to use every gun in my arsenal to do it wipe everybody out I'm going to do it I'm going to just right. burn everything down and it, it it's just craziness it really is if we just took a deep breath and realize the stuff we fight for and lose our lives over like what is it for right i mean like what's the end result to say that i have more shoes than that guy does or i have more cars in my garage or i have more (laughs) countries that i you know i mean The British Empire, and I mean, remember the old saying was the sun never sets on the British Empire. It's because the British thought that they were entitled to own the whole damn world. I mean, the thought that a country would take over other people and other languages and cultures and say, we know better than you do how to run your country. Sorry. And we have guns and you don't. And we're going to run your country for the next 7,500 years. I think that all the conflict could just be you know i may be simplifying it but it really isn't that simple if we turn to love is the answer i'm starting to sound like a hippie dustin um, if we just make I'm love the answer gosh i just it, it's just temperament it's hot-headedness it's yeah. we humans are too reactionary i think that's our biggest fault one of our biggest faults is we have too big of an ego And we are just, I don't know if we've conditioned ourselves or we're wired to react. And the minute somebody says something, even if it's a misunderstanding, we jump in their face and get all over them. And it's not even what they meant. But by that point, the anger's out. We've unleashed the beast and we're already punching them in the face. or yelling at them. And the older I get, I just want calm. I want peace. And I really think we can achieve it. You know, I think we can achieve it if we all just kind of took a deep breath. Sometimes I think, Dustin, if we all had like a reset in the middle of the night where we didn't forget who we were we didn't forget our parents and our good memories and who we love and what's important to us but somehow mm-hmm. maybe what we've been programmed to believe about other people and other things and other worlds was just kind of reset you know like a little power outage like a little every all the computers going down for a split second and booting back up and then all the bad stuff was kind of just you know hey i remember the good stuff and i'm just going to kind of reset myself and start this day off as a, as a new person I don't know. I just. And never... I know
1: it's not as easy as, as, as we'd like it to be. you know? And I know that that's, that's one of the things. that like you talk about this type of concept and this type of idea, and people say, well, it's, it's not that easy. You know. People will ask for advice, and people say they want to live in positivity and love, and you, you give them some ideas and they say, well, it's just not that easy. Well, of course it's not that easy. But name anything that you can do that's easy, that's really worth doing. You know, like if it's something that's going to be life-changing, if it's something that's going to change the world, if it's something that's going to better the lives of others and for yourself, it's not going to be easy. But what could possibly be more worth it than that, so yeah, we have to put in the work. We have to put in the time. We have to figure it out. And I think one of the first things we need to do is just allow ourselves to admit that we've been wrong about some things, and and that's okay. But it's so hard, yeah, to unprogram people. You know, you grow up. You know, and they say the sky is blue. The sky is blue. The sky is blue. All of a sudden, somebody shows you a picture, and it's like, oh, the sky is actually purple. Well, no, I'm still saying it's blue because for you know all these years I've said it's, it's blue. So but I, I can't change it now. It's okay. It's okay to learn new things and be like, oh, you know what? I always thought it was this way. turns out it's not. It and doesn't that's okay, make yeah. you less of a person. Yeah, it's, if anything, it, it, it lends more to you as a person of growth and understanding that you're able to do that. But as long as there's people saying, if you don't agree with exactly what I'm saying, you're wrong. It's it's hard to move forward, you know. Like you need to you need to say, listen, you know what? I thought this was the way. Turns out, you know what you said has some merit, and you know maybe you're not 100% right, but maybe there's some middle ground. Maybe there's some things we can learn from each other. It's not just a you know one way issue, but um, people don't want to admit that they're wrong. You know, it's it's oh, this yeah. fight to be right and there's pride and it's just it gets really nasty and dirty out there. And despite all the wonderful accolades that you've piled upon me this night <laughs> yo, know, by far, by far. But b- despite all the nice things you said about me throughout our conversation, and uh, once I get paid, the check will be in the mail. I appreciate <laughs> it. Um, but there's still there's still plenty of people that that like hate me for what I do, you know. And like I'm oh just trying gosh, to be nice people bring people together. You know I, Oh for sure. Somebody wrote to me today on Twitter about how it seems that I'm trying to do the right thing, but you know, I could kind of be like the Nazis and putting people in gas chambers. This was in response to a picture of a of a Bible quote. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Oh but I my just gosh. Said, you know what? Much love to you, you know because you don't know what people are going through, you don 't know what is making them think you're thinking something else, and uh, and I'm just like if you just take the time to to read through all the stuff that I write, you know you'd, you'd see that there's yeah there's a lot of pictures of food and cats, but the the other stuff is usually pretty thoughtful and focused <laughs> upon love, and definitely not Nazis and putting people in gas, but that is... I I take animals I take I take insects I don't even like like spiders when I see them in my office I take them I put them outside because I'm like <laughs> you have a right to life too just not in my office you know but it's just like but you can not you know but some people they just see one thing and they think broad strokes you must be like this you must be you know a supporter of, of this side you must be somebody that believes that and it's like Slow down a little bit. Oh yeah. You know, let's let's have a conversation. Like, it, why do you think that? And and it's okay. Let's just discuss it and not get so angry at each other all the time. Well, so, that's a silly. i the mute too. button is my friend.
0: Oh sure. The mute
1: button is my friend online. Like, I don't like to block people unless yeah. they're, unless they're being like really sure um, arrogant or or if they're being threatening. Um, other than that, I just mute everybody because I'm like, you know what, I'm not going to get into a competition here. I'm not going to fight people because that's not my way. I pray for them. Prayers and love for you. I wish all the best for you. Like, That's okay. But then I just mute them because I, I never want to to block people because I don't want to shut the light off. You, know, you, don't, you don't shut the light off on people. If you're out there and you're, and you're talking about love and kindness, you can't talk with words of hate. and You can't use tools of hate. So I feel like if I block somebody or whatever... If they, they want that light or they, they decide, you know what, maybe he had something good to say. I don't want it to be unavailable, you know. And by far, I'm not the best person out there, but I'm trying like hell, you know. So yeah. I, I want to make sure that whatever I do is available to people. And so I, I continue to try to do that. And I'm uh, and going to continue to do that. So oh, um, despite whatever else is going on out there.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, I want people to check out your books. And you've written several. And they're available generally on Amazon, paperback, and Kindle editions. And uh, you've got Kaleidoscope Fragments of My Life. That looks like a a fun one. And those are stories that you wrote when you were younger. Is that right? Was that more kind of like the earlier part of your life?
1: Yeah. Kaleidoscope's fun, man. It's got some stories from when I was younger. It's got some stories from my global travels. I loved studying sociology in high school. So when I got to do the uh, Ghost Hunters International show, man, I went to like 20-something countries. And I spent time. Like, you know, my one day off, you get a week. I'd like to go sit, like, just in the town square or wherever I was and just observe the people, observe the culture, and write, like, fun little stories about what I I was seeing, you know, and uh, so there's a lot of stuff in there, but everything I always try to make hopeful and uplifting, you know, because I want people to take away more than just, you know, that was a fun story or that was funny. One of my favorite stories in there is about a duck, a duck that I met when I was a kid who played piano at a little trading post up in New Hampshire. And it come was great. On. He was Are in you a, a little. He, no, no, It was great. He was <laughs> in a little, like you know, in his little enclosed area. It was him, and next door to him was a chicken that played tic tac toe. And all the kids would line up to put quarters in. And the light would go on because they want to play tic tac toe against the chicken. And like <laughs> the, the chicken would come up and peck the screen. And then when it was done, it would get like a treat. But the duck, to me, the duck was like a he was like a musician. He was like a, an artist, and he suffered for his work, and he cared for it. And he'd get up, that light would go on, and his little squinty eye would look at it. And he'd go over, and he'd just peck the, the keys with his little bill and bang out a little tune for it. And then he'd get a treat and go on his way. Oh my I love gosh. that duck more than me. I still think about it. I'm sure he's long gone, but man, he was fantastic.
0: Oh my, I love stories like that. That is awesome. And then you have, in uh, the devil, shivered. a lot of weirdness in there. Uh, I love, I love the way they're written <laughs> because they're just kind of these anecdotal stories that you could just flip to any page and just start reading it, which is cool. Um, it's not, you know, in this thanks, day and age right? where people feel like their times, you know, spent every which way like pulled, they could just turn to something and read it. Um, and the devil shivered, you have what's next. This one's cool. I wish yeah. I had, um, This is actually, it coincides, this one was available, let me see, 2007. Yeah, this this would have been a good one to read when our house was very haunted in California. My house is haunted and you, that was a collaboration between you and Barry Fitzgerald who is one of your uh, colleagues and cohorts there on Ghost Hunters International.
1: Yeah, my little Irish buddy. Yeah, we put together my, my House is Haunted Now. And what we did with that was we talked to people from the different cultures and from the different parts of the world. And we got you know their opinion on what they thought the afterlife was like and what they thought was going on with some of these hauntings. And then we wanted to know what they did about it. you know. And what was nice was, yeah, there's definitely discrepancies in how the different cultures approach it. But what was nice to see was the commonality of respect and understanding and believing that the soul leaves the body and goes to, The afterlife. And to me, in that aspect, there was a lot of. There's a lot of hope that you know things are bigger than what we are, and I think that that's important for us to remember, you know, because it, it, it's easy for us to focus just upon ourselves, and we don't realize the big picture, you know. You know when you're in traffic and you're and you're you're driving and you see that person that like blocks the entrance to like, oh, yeah. the the donut shop, yeah, and like so now there's people backed up and they can't get in, but no, that person had to stop at the red light and couldn't possibly leave that spot open for anybody else because they're the only person. But people forget that. Like look around, look around you, be aware of your. Surroundings. How is it what you're doing affecting the other people around you? Oh, exactly. Because you are not just the only person
0: here. And then your first book, it looks like it's it, there's a second edition that came out um, in May, it looks like. The Complete Approach. That was also Barry Fitzgerald, huh?
1: Yeah, yeah. Barry and I wrote that, too. It was uh, looking at the metaphysical understandings of things along with some of the scientific you know, ways of, of researching and doing what we do. You know, and People use scientific pretty loosely. It's not like we're scientists out there with lab coats and, and doing, you know— double-blind studies and things because you're dealing with things that are very hard to document. Uh, but at least, it, you know, when it comes to using some of the technology and stuff, uh, we put that together. So um, I love writing, man. I love what I do, and I, I love entertaining people and, and hopefully helping people and inspiring people. And and that's why I do all these things, sure. you know. And, and thankfully, since, you know, since everything's Zoom this year, you know, everyone can check out my lectures pretty much. Everything's for free, too, which is great. You know, a lot of the libraries and different sponsors for these things. So if they check out the website, you know, like this 36 events coming up. Um, we've got one coming up this Tuesday night, which is um, one of my favorite lectures. It's called Pure Imagination. And it's motivational stories based on the story of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Oh so it wow. combines all kinds of good things.
0: Gosh, that is fantastic. I have two questions for you here in conclusion. I'm so sorry that I've kept you so late because I know it's it's late in Rhode Island. No, okay.
1: it's my pleasure. The sun my doesn't pleasure. set
0: here till like 10 o'clock this time of year, so I'm thinking it's like 2 in the afternoon, so I'm sorry I'm keeping you. Two questions. You were
1: like the early Roman Empire. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Two questions, and I'm sincere about this because I asked my the last guest I had on uh, the podcast the same thing. He's older than I am and looks twenty years younger. You said you're 43 at the beginning. Is that possible? Well, how do you not? Yeah, how do you not age, man? Did you get? Uh, did you get bit by a vampire in uh, Transylvania on one of your ghost hunts years ago, <laughs> yeah. or what? We're not you... supposed to talk about those kind of things. But...
1: <laughs> no, um, I mean that. I mean, you look like yeah, you're 25 years
0: know. old, man. I mean, how do you? How do you Thank still look you. so youthful? I um,
1: well, you know, clean living, my friend. I uh, no, I um, I I just uh, I don't I know. I know you work I, out. I know you work I'm, I'm out a lot. Thankful for it. Yeah, I exercise a lot. Yeah, um, I I you know I've, I've um I've never smoked. I think smoking is really detrimental to the body and to the skin. You know, so I I never I never smoked. I don't stay around smoke. I don't uh, I don't tan like crazy. Um. I'm thankful that um, you know things are progressing, and I'm still healthy and everything. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I mean, I really looked like a like a, a young baby through most of my life. Like in high school, I still looked like super young, which was not you know advantageous at that time. Um, but now, yeah, now in your 40s, you're like, yeah, you know, like I, honestly, I can I still can't grow a full beard. But like until last year,
0: I didn't even have to shave every day. Oh man, quit rubbing it in. Okay, so that was question one. <laughs> question two is and you don't have to answer this if you don't want to, but I know you're you're you, you may be able to talk about this stuff now more than when you were on Ghost Hunters every week and stuff, but what is your opinion, if you want to share it, of the flashlight technique? Because I never was a believer in that, where that's the one where they take the big mag light and they they twist it enough so that the battery contact separates and the, the light goes out then they set it on like the nightstand and they say if you're in this room please make the light go on and then it flickers and they go ah oh, instant ghost i don't buy it my friend i think <laughs> it's just you know they might have done a 100 takes of that and maybe 99 takes the the thing didn't light up and they used the one where it did you don't have to reveal anything but what do you have an opinion on that technique when when people are out ghost hunting to the flashlight technique
1: Well, I I always, and you know, I do a lot of events, so I see a lot of people with a lot of different types of equipment and different techniques they like to use. And, uh, again, we don't all have to sing from the same hymnal. Um, I think different techniques and different electronics and doodads and gadgets work differently for different people. Um, For me, I am not one that that will use the flashlight technique, Um, you know, Everyone's kind of read about. It. Everyone knows about, you know, how the the element you know heats up and and, and things like that. But I just for me, I feel like if that's what you like to do and that's what you believe, that's fine. But you know, for me, I I like to use um, Phasma Box, like a version of one of the Ghost Box things, which also can be very here or there with people, you know. But yeah. what I always say is, I think the most important thing, no matter what piece of equipment that we're, you're using, is. Ask follow-up questions. Ask specific questions. Don't just keep talking ad nauseum until something goes on. Like, you'll see, like, in group settings, you know, how quickly things will spiral out of control. It's right. like, could you give us your name? Could you give us your name? And, like, you know, I'll, I'll talk to the ghost box because that's, that's what I use. So I won't talk about the flashlight. But, like, so you like, give us your name, give us your name, and then it comes through, and it's like, it's scribbly, and it sounds like angel. Nobody double-checks. Like, did you say angel? If so, could you say it again? Like, oh, my God, angel. Wait, are you an angel? Are you dead? Did you die here? Were you murdered here? Are you in pain? Are you in pain now? It's like, where the hell did we get that from? Like, maybe, like, like, ask a follow-up question that makes sense, you know? Um, one of the things I do is I don't ask open-ended questions. Like, I just... I don't need to like, I'm out there solving mysteries and crimes, you know? So I'm like, do me a favor. What color is my shirt? There's one answer to what color my shirt is. So if you don't answer that color, then you can't obviously see me, you know? Oh boy. So, but people get so excited and they just go down this rabbit hole with nonsense. I'm like, all right, well, thanks for paying to come to the event. You enjoy entertaining yourself, but that's not real, what you're doing.
0: Oh, my gosh. You, know, you can take
1: a flashlight <laughs> and put it in, like, the passenger seat of a brand-new car and be like, is there a spirit here in this car? Do you like pudding? What kind of pudding do you like? Do you like tapioca? <laughs> do, you like, do you like butternut? What do you like? And then eventually it flickers. you flicker. you're like, oh, my God. It's a There's a ghost in my brand-new car, and he loves tapioca pudding. It's like, well, did you ask again? Like, nobody asks again, you know? And it's just... Crazy, man. Crazy. But everybody can do whatever they want. Like, there's, there's, You know, it's fine. It's fine. Nobody, No one's getting harmed by doing it. But I just feel like if you really want to document things, you have to ask multiple times and stuff. I know some of them do. And I know TV completely butchers investigations due to time and stuff because we can't get that advertising in there, you know? So I get it. But um, I just think people need to, to, you know, keep an open mind but be smart about it, you know? Like ask things that make sense, and, uh, and and don't just uh, run away with stuff. And please stay away from the gloom and doom aspect of it. Jay oh, my Lord.
0: gosh. Hey, Dustin, you're a good guy. I, I love the time we spent together. I'd love to have you on again one of these days, if you don't mind coming on uh, down the road. And we could always talk about different things you want to talk about. But uh, you're a good guy in my book. I want people to follow you on Twitter, Dustin Perry. And uh, your website is DustinPerry.com. Perry spelled P A. R-I, and you've got your upcoming events people can attend on zoom i love technology my friend i mean can you imagine a virus like this sweeping through and people you know they'd get in the, the get on horseback and go to the next town to like talk to the people in the church or something they never had the advantages we right. are now uh you've got no. your lectures on there you've got all your books people can order yeah and you're a great motivation yeah. my friend yeah. keep it up and i you're just a, a, such a bright light in this world and we need more people like you
1: Thank you, sir. I appreciate it very much. If I could just one shameless plug: if people get a chance, go to YouTube, YouTube.com/slash Dustin Parry. Check out my my motivational series there called "Hey, Got a Minute." They're all two to three minutes long. It's just youtube.com slash Dustin Power. You just search for Hey Got a Minute.
0: I and, love those, uh, by the
1: 120 way. 120 of them on there. Thank I you, love man. those. They're so thank fun you.
0: and zany. And I love the hippie that comes out of you sometimes with the costumes and the glasses <laughs> and the stuff you use. <laughs> I love it.
1: It's great, man. It's so much fun. How, how, sure how, how hard you. are
0: those to put together? Because I envy anybody who does video like you do. I was going to mention that, actually. Uh, maybe we can conclude with that. Because I. I'm not a video guy, maybe just being a radio for almost 30 years, it's always been kind of off camera, but you are so good with those, but I'm sure those little, Hey, got a minute probably take you a while to edit and produce and everything. But what's that like? Is that fun? I mean, are they time consuming?
1: It is it is time consuming, but it's so much fun. Um, and I'm so thankful to a friend of mine locally, one of my closest friends, uh, Cody Desmians, who's uh, been on a couple episodes of Ghost Nation uh, this season, and he's filmed some more for some of the upcoming ones. Just been one of my best friends for years, and a uh, great investigator, real smart guy. But we, you know, we get together. I, I write up what the things are, and uh, I don't really script it. I just have bullet points, just like my lectures, because I just like to talk and tell stories. I just got bullet points. Where, you know, I dress up in costume, um, and each day of the week has its own theme. So we try to film like all the ones for that day. Um, you know, in in the set. And um, we bang those out. Filming goes easy. Um, thankfully, I'm kind of a one take wonder because, yeah. like I said, it's not scripted. So whatever the heck happens, happens. Sure. Um, but then we go back and we uh, the editing process is kind of like you know kind of like a donut format. So we've just got like you know this is what the the video open is. This is the 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 new piece, and then we wrap it up. So um, we kind of get it down to a little science and, you know, while we're doing it, we're eating pizza and then having a uh, beer or two responsibly and, uh, yeah, <laughs> so it's a, it's a great time, you know. So it's a, and we're working on, I've got uh, a little batch of 30 that I want to put together. Um, so we're going to, uh, usually we do a series of 60, but I want to do a short little batch of 30 because I think the world needs a little something extra right now. So hopefully it'll be coming out pretty soon. But there's uh, 120 of them up there currently.
0: Well, I hope people check that out too. Thank you, my friend, for coming on. And again, you're such a trooper. You came on with like five minutes notice. You had a big day with the family, probably exhausted from it. And here you are with us here for almost an hour on the podcast. So thanks so much.
1: (laughs) My pleasure, brother. Anytime. Thank you so much. And thanks to everybody out there listening tonight.
0: That's my friend, Dustin Perry. You remember him from Ghost Hunters, Ghost Hunters International. And now maybe you see a totally different side of him as a motivational speaker and author. Wonderful guy. DustinPerry.com, and at Dustin Perry on Twitter. If you like what you heard on the podcast, please support the podcast any way you can, even just by listening and promoting the free episodes like this one. If you want more great content, please join the premium content at Patreon.com slash Hughes. And if you'd like to make a one-time donation, please do so. You can go to PayPal.me slash Radio Spencer or BuyMeACoffee.com slash Radio Spencer. I appreciate each and every one of you. Thanks for all the support. Thanks for the love and kindness. Keep smiling out there, my friends, and stay positive. This is Hughes from the Heart. Tell everyone about it.